0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Solar Insiders, our regular podcast on all things solar. Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics joining me as usual. How are you, Nigel? Terrific. Thanks, Giles. How are you this week? You look pretty good, thanks, mate. Pretty good. It's been another busy, busy week in the world. And you're in the big smoke, I hear. Look, I'm down in the big smoke. Um, Renew Economy um, hosted or co-hosted a large-scale solar and storage conference this week. And it was pretty interesting, actually. Um, Mm. You know, uh, it's just fascinating to see some of the plans happening um a lot of the storage installations at large scale and what have you we heard a lot from the networks and they seem to be completely unfazed by the whole thing they've sort of got you know gigawatts and gigawatts of projects lined up before them yes they do have to get it right they do have to get the storage but really they're saying this is doable and it's just such a contrast to the bollocks and the politics that we hear day after day
0: Sure is, it's it's fascinating, it's also a contrast to what we see in the day-to-day reality and talking to a customer only this morning, the reality of getting these even medium-sized systems connected uh, remains very challenging with the networks, paperwork's harder, there's all sorts of complexity, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether it pans out.
1: Well that's right, yes, oh, I suppose a network can sort of stand up and, um, and say one thing nicely but when it actually comes to the connection it's a different thing, And it is true to say that in Queensland, where we're seeing about 17 or even 20 large scale solar projects, they can't get the buggers actually connected because there's just not enough staff in Ergon, which has just gone through this merger. Everyone's had to reapply for their positions. And when something doesn't go quite right, when they come out to look at the connection, they've got to sort of fill in an extra form or make a slightly adjustment, they can't come back for another three or four weeks. Mhm. Mhm. Hey, look, just before we think that the listeners are just going to get you and me um, today, we might want to sort of introduce our special guest. Um, And it's a privilege to have um, Glenn Morelli from Tindo Solar. Glenn, welcome.
2: Uh, Hi, Giles. Thank you.
1: Yeah look we'll probably get back to you later but we've got you on board um, because uh, Tindo is the only manufacturer of solar modules in Australia and it is a fantastic story. Um, So we're really looking forward to that discussion but first of all Nigel, let's just cover off on some of the news of the week, um, I mentioned the conference, at that conference the Clean Energy Regulator gave a bit of an update and um, look I think he just told us the news that we expected to hear was that yes we are heading for a record year in rooftop solar, we Mm. will break a gigawatt
0: and Mm. next year will probably be even bigger. Is that right? That's what they were projecting. That's interesting because I know some of the numbers are starting to be put together by the consultants who help the Clean Energy Regulator with their annual STC target. Were they inferring that they've seen some of that data already?
1: Well, maybe they were. Maybe they were. And it's pretty hard to ignore because the guy from Queensland actually stood up and said, well, we have got more than 700 applications for systems of 50 kilowatts and above and 70 applications for systems of one megawatt and above. Wow. Um, you know that's basically telling us what we kind of know which is that the commercial and the industry industrial customers are really onto this now they've sort of they've they've gone past this sort of um you know we don't really care it's all too hard i've got other things to think about too no let's do it
0: yep i i, I couldn't agree more and we're seeing um, a huge uh, spike in activity even in our little uh, world here at Solar Analytics where you know, the number of systems that we're seeing come online in commercial scale is just going up and up and up and up and up and up. So, um, yeah, good times for businesses to save money.
1: Yeah, look, another thing I want to mention is Northern Territory. They just actually finally released their 50% renewable energy plan. They went to the new Labor government, went to the election with a 50% renewable plan. They got a whole bunch of um, experts to put it together. They sat in it for about five months they've just rolled it out now they're actually going to sit in some of these recommendations at least for large-scale renewables um, for another while i mean i guess they're in no hurry they probably only need 400 megawatts of solar to get to 50 percent but they are going to put the um they are going to encourage rooftop solar and storage in northern territory and what was really interesting was that even though the rest of the country's got about 20, 25% or even up to 30% penetration rooftop solar. In the Northern Territory, it's a grand total of 6%.
0: That's right. The, the NT's been a really interesting market. Lots and lots of people have had a crack at it over many, many years. Um, you know, We had solar cities projects up there in Alice that sort of kicked things off. And, and then markets never really kind of got a decent head of steam despite the fact that it's actually got one of the most generous feed-in tariffs in the country already um so it's gonna be very interesting to see whether the funding actually stimulates some more sales up there finally
1: yeah well it's going to be interesting i don't think that um generous feed-in tariff which is effectively what they used to call a net tariff ie the same as the retail price is going mm-hmm. to last long because they're talking about changing that to provide some sort of incentive for people to do battery storage and uh-huh. unless you get a difference between what you're paying at the for the grid pipe power and what you can sell your elect, uh, your solar for, for then you've probably got no incentive to have battery storage. So mm. that's going to mm. be interesting.
0: Any, any anything from you then at all? Yeah, a couple of things actually. Um, one was I was interested to see that uh, consumer law report came out last week. Um, which um, uh, talked about you know the uh, complaints and stuff and again back onto the sort of complaints thing and you know um, uh, highlighting the same issue that we see over and over again Giles where um, uh, door knocking in this particular case uh, uh, um, was singled out as being the source of one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest sources of complaints out there uh, this is national um, and interestingly solar door knockers got specifically singled out um, the quote from the report they say you know um, uh, they're particularly targeting vulnerable low-income consumers it's become systemic and requires an urgent concerted and comprehensive uh, policy response Uh, it's uh, it's also uh, obvious that the elderly and culturally and linguistically diverse are being disproportionately affected by unsolicited sales so door-knocking on the rampage um, and and obviously some companies out there uh, targeting um, you know the most susceptible components of, um, of society which is sad to see. Um, the other thing, a couple of other quick ones Giles was one there was a bit of an update on the supply shortage uh, story that we were talking about last week. Um, last week we mentioned that PV module and silicon supplies were being constrained by the shutdown of around 80,000 factories in China to try and curb pollution from Amongst other things, Australia's coal that's being burnt over there. Um, I also heard from another source that, in fact, uh, memory chips are in short supply. I heard a story about a factory that was making memory chips for a whole bunch of suppliers, uh, and Apple um, swanned in and said, "Nope, you can't make them for anyone else. We want your entire factory capacity, so you'll have to tell all your other uh, customers to go jump." Which they did. Uh, so you know you can't get memory chips out of this this factory at the moment. Um, ironically, circuit boards uh, are. Uh, also hard to get because there's constraints on copper. Uh, copper's been steadily rising in price for three years. against supply and demand. Um, so you know, if you're trying to get your suppliers out um, of China, you know there are there are delays coming in many parts of the electronics industry now, not just ours. Um, that
1: sounds like a perfect segue to Glenn I reckon, I don't,
0: know, don't you reckon? <laughs> Well, almost, but one other really fascinating thing I heard out of China, Giles, which, and this will blow everyone's minds. Hey, just, many, just before you yeah.
1: say that, before you say that, hey Glenn, can I just ask you to mute your mic for, for a bit? We've got a bit of heavy breathing going on. Um, so if you just mute while Nigel finishes off, and then we'll get back to you.
2: Sorry about
0: that. <laughs> He's excited down there, Giles. Um, uh, interesting report that so far this year, not even a full year, 900,000 rooftop solar systems installed in China, staggering number. So in in less than a year, China has installed more rooftop solar, uh, or about half the total amount that has ever been installed in Australia. Just one of those great statistics that I love to give you context of what's going on around the world.
1: Actually, that's interesting, yeah, because they um, there is a new directive, actually, just sort of encouraging distributed solar in China, and I think they've suddenly realised the benefits of that, probably from b- building so many big, large-scale solar and wind farms and having to c- curtail the damn things because they're not properly connected to the rest of the grid.
0: Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Now, look,
1: let's bring in Glenn. Um, Glenn, um, welcome back, and... Um, it's an exciting story, Tindo Solar, because who would have thought that we would have had, well, actually, Nigel can probably give me a better example of the history of manufacturing of solar in Australia because I think you might have been involved in it, but I have visited Tindo Solar um, before. You, I think you took ownership of it, Glenn. Um, fantastic
2: little operation. Can you just explain to people what exactly it is and why? Well, um, we, we've got a manufacturing facility at Mawson Lakes, a suburb of Adelaide. And uh, we've got a a fairly automated robotic uh, plant there manufacturing uh, at capacity 60 megawatt of solar modules. Um, You know, the general consensus amongst uh, our competitors or industry is that uh, all we do is assemble uh, components from China. I can um, let everyone know that that's not quite the way it works. And and for those who have seen the plant, such as Nigel and yourself, Giles, you, you probably understand that. Um, We've got stringing machines there, Um, you know, we're uh, um, laminating the panels, we're doing everything. And uh, I can also let you know that not all the materials come from China, some do, of course, but uh, we we source materials from all over the world to create what we believe is a best-in-class module, um, specifically designed and manufactured for Australian conditions.
1: And how the hell do you compete with the Chinese panels on price
0: then? Well, if we're talking, there's with, a million dollar question.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, when you know the answer, let me know, which <laughs> um, <laughs> Presumably,
1: the answer is that you're not at the bottom end of the market, Correct. and you're at the premium end of the market, and you presumably can compete with the premium providers.
2: Yeah. Well, not or can even. You? W- no, we do. We, we believe we've got a premium product that's at a mid-range price, so certainly we're not competing with the low end of the market. Um, performance is exceptional and, you know, as far as the price point goes, we're probably around that Q-cell or even uh, cheaper than a Q-cell type price. So, um, yeah, we, we think we can hold our own and, and compete on that level for a quality
0: product. Yeah, fantastic. And Glenn, uh, a question for me. I mean, as as Joel said, you know, I, I worked in actually worked for two different manufacturers in Australia, and I think there's only ever been about three, excluding Tideland Solar way back, which is what BP Solar ultimately started with. They bought the old Tideland Solar plant that was making navigational lights and a few tiny little solar panels before they got rolling. But one of the one of the um, you know, uh, most challenging issues that that I saw in every plant that was ever run was this issue of scale, right? And as we know, price goes down with scale and all those kinds of things. Has something changed in the industry? Is it around automation or what what is it that's changed that allows you to make, in in global terms, what is a relatively small manufacturing plant? How do you make that viable? How do you make it work? Um, I think uh,
2: it, it is around automation it takes very few people on our line to manufacture the modules Mm -hmm. Um, so that investment in our plant there of somewhere between you know around six million dollars of manufacturing plant has enabled us to you know keep our price point as low as possible Um, and yeah, you know, coming into Australia, we all know, it, I guess a lot of people don't talk about it, but there's a lot of rubbish material that comes into Australia and in finished product. And uh, so, so we tried to break away from that and cut through and create a module that's specifically for the Australian conditions. So um, we have a very low temperature coefficient. And what does uh, that mean, Glenn? So our modules are going to perform better in hotter climates. Essentially uh-huh. cut uh-huh. it in a nutshell. And so if you look at Desert Knowledge, for example, the Tindo module there um, outperforms Consistently nearly every other module and we're talking <laughs> there's some pretty high-end premium product there as well
1: Yeah, that, and that's Desert Knowledge. Um, that's the stuff out um, next to the u um, solar farm out in Alice Springs, isn't
2: it? Yeah, correct. So that um, all yeah, that data is. is publicly available and um, yep, we yep. use it oh, all no, the time. No, I, I had a
1: walk through there a couple of weeks ago, and oh, no, a couple of months ago, sorry, and it's kind of interesting to see um, your panels and some other panels and um, all the panels that didn't quite make it.
0: <laughs> oh, is that right? There's a bit of degradation that's evident out there, is there?
1: <sighs> Look, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's one way to find out how how a, um, how a panel performs, and I think there's more than one manufacturer out there, some of them quite well-known, that looked at it and went, oh, dear, we're back to the drawing board. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, how yeah, there's some... Um, Clearly, if you look at the data online, there's some modules there that aren't performing very well at all, and they're only a few years old. Um, where, yeah, and, and, we and, made and they're f- looking
1: like it too. Some of them are fading yeah. and doing all sorts of different things. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wow. we use... Um, all, all our materials that we use are um, premium quality, So, such as um, you know, Dow Corning silicon um, and sealants, um, Tedlar backsheets, uh, Bridgestone, EVA, um, so we've tried to pick best in class, and put it all together to create a high-quality module, and with the automation, do it at the lowest possible price.
0: How, Glenn? How, how long has the
2: factory been open? When did it officially open? 2011 was opened by the then uh, Prime
0: Minister Julia Gillard. Ah, we've had a wow. few since. So six years, and and where are you at? Has the um Like, I always remember when we used to run the plant at uh, Homebush Bay, uh, we always talked about trying to get it to the point where we are running it, um, you know, two shifts or three shifts and and trying to get it to six and seven days a week. So you're maxing out everything that's available and you're running it full blown. Where are you at there?
2: Yeah, right now uh, we're at one and a half shifts Yep. and uh, we've already employed and we're starting two shifts as of the new year.
0: Beautiful.
2: Um, So our volumes are increasing. I guess, um, you know, since we acquired Tindo, so one, we've increased Tindo's sales themselves. Um, In system sales, I'm talking residential, commercial, but also um, from the parent company, uh, Cool or Cozy in South Australia, we're now exclusively using Tindo modules, so we're adding in our own volume there. And then, as you mentioned earlier, there's there's a myriad of projects on the go um, all around the country. And we're involved in a few of those with the supply of modules or the whole project itself. And so we've got a bit in our pipeline. So uh, it's, yeah, the, our consistent volume is increasing.
0: Oh, that's... That's a great story. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry.
1: Yeah, look, I'm just because, just, just yeah, so Cool and Cozy was one of the biggest installers, as I understand it, in South Australia. So, sort of, what was the thinking then behind sort of you know, upstreaming and, and buying a local manufacturer?
0: Yeah, I, I had the same question. What on earth would, you possess, would possess you to buy a PV manufacturing facility in Australia? Well, you asked what I was thinking. I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: Any regrets? Said, no, <laughs> no regrets at this stage. But seriously, um, we, we'd um, won a couple of uh, state and local government tenders using uh, the Tindo module as our ah, offering, okay. and so we already we were a customer. And um, it, you know, through a through a third party, there was a common link, and he mentioned to me that. Um, yeah, you know, thought I might be interested in purchasing the business because he had been approached because it was now on the market. And uh, so we just went from there and and had some discussions and it was a good fit for us. Uh, the deal was right for us. We had a motivated seller and, um, yeah, it just came together pretty quickly.
0: Wow. What a, what a great story. It's so good to see the business not only, you know, surviving because it is extremely tough as an Australian manufacturer to survive, mm. but being bought out by another Australian company, remaining... You know, keeping those local jobs in South Australia—it's a great story. Yeah. Where's now PV prices are pretty volatile now, right? We're starting to see, you know, spot prices going up and various other things happening um, at the international level that will flow on down. I know you'll have some lag in your supply chain, but what what's your vision for the sort of next next six months or so? Do you think it's um, do you see that you're going to be impacted like the other PV manufacturers have been impacted in terms of price, or are you a bit more insulated on that?
2: I think inevitably we will be impacted. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't seen it as yet though, mm-hmm. so our uh, materials prices haven't really changed, but I think it's inevitable that they will perhaps in the next quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're releasing a new module early in the new year, which will be our 300 watt perk mono. Um, and we've got those costs locked away and that's only at a slight premium of our existing modules. And we've got all of yep. that stock um, in play and some contracts of um, for the materials. So, as I said, for the, I think for the first quarter next year, we're, we're locked away with our pricing, but it may vary after that.
1: Mm. So mm. tell me a bit more about the sort of customers that you have. I mean, I guess it's a mixture over sort of households and businesses and it um, sounds like you might even have some utility-scale projects um, in mind. Um, can you just give us a bit more insight into... In, in, into well, not who they are individually, but what sort of, you know, what sort of people they are?
2: Well, certainly our um, bread and butter is our day-to-day um, residential customers. You know, we're, we're um, installing, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of, a, of 12 residential systems a day between uh, kool cozy and Tindo in South Australia, um, and that's our bread and butter. Uh, then, then you throw in on top of that the, the, the normal commercial jobs anywhere from your 20 kilowatt up to currently installing a 363 kilowatt for a, another South Australian manufacturer. Um, and yes, you're right, we do have a couple of um, very large projects on the go. Uh, one's a 12 megawatt uh, plant direct behind the meter to a large user. Uh, that we're involved with, another oh, is... Tell us more uh, about that one. Yeah, well, it's, um, we're working with a council and they own the land and they've got a large employer in their vicinity that's suffering, uh, like most, from uh, large and ever-increasing energy costs. So they've signed a PPA with that, um, that user um, and hopefully we get the job to install the plant and um, with Tindo modules. So I think it's a good outcome for all. The council will own it it, and sell the power direct to the end user. And uh, we're positioning ourselves to be the supplier.
1: That's interesting. We're going to see so Mm. much
2: of that, I reckon. I think so.
0: And what's, what's coming in the future, do you think, Glenn, what's, um, I know it's a, b- a bit hard to get the crystal ball out, but what, what, what's the key, do you think, to, to your survival and growth? Um, is, is, it, is it purely that, you know, you've got this unique position, you're the only Australian made one, what's the, what's the secret sauce that you guys reckon you've got that's going to allow you to, to prosper with this, um, with this wonderful little, little um, lonely manufacturing plant in Australia?
2: Well, if I tell you, it won't be a secret. But um, <laughs> I think, um, like, m- m- there's a lot of people in the market are, are price conscious, and I'm talking um, manufacturers where we're going uh, the up other direction and quality conscious, and we won't um, sacrifice our quality for a price. Mm-hmm. So then it's it's about being able to demonstrate that quality and and get that message across. And we believe if we can properly communicate to the end user the 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 real point of difference and that our modules will last the test of time and we've got some evidence to back it up and some proof to back it up that um you know we'll win our fair share of of projects or or jobs
0: right so time is your friend just more more projects (laughs) on the ground more examples more demonstration that you can do it more tuning the factory yeah exactly um you know that
2: Dr. Andrew Thompson from ANU um, wrote a report recently saying that uh, worldwide his research shows that uh, module failures are about 1 in 1,000 per annum, mm-hmm. which seemed pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, his research of the Tindo module showed it was 1 in 200,000 per annum. Lovely. And, and uh, so, you know, we, we think that's... the more and more of those tests done, more and more of that research done and and that information available, we're just proving our point as the um, lowest risk for for any Australian company or um, utility that's looking for, for modules.
1: That's fantastic. And what are customers saying about battery storage? I guess that's the big question.
2: Yeah, we're getting hounded for that all the time. Um, we've so taken pres-
1: the v- presumably they're just asking, but not installing yet, or, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, pretty
2: much. Um, we are getting a lot of interest. Um, we've taken the view of, of just slowing, trying to slow people down. We uh, don't think and communicating to our clients that there there is no rush. Uh, Contrary to some marketing that's around, we don't think there's a rush and and there's plenty of time, price points will come down, the product will evolve, we'll see better product, better offerings. Um, There are certainly some people that just want to buy now and we're happy to sell them whatever they need. Um, We're a a Sonnen Diamond partner in South Australia, we're also Tesla accredited um, and obviously the LG Chem offering is another good offering. So we're trying to stick to those um, sort of three more premium offerings I guess. Uh, uh proven and tested. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking at and investigating uh, down the track for even manufacturer batteries at our Mawson Lakes facility. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've got some meetings coming up around that. Um, yeah so just again trying to position it's ourselves with the quality message.
1: So tell me about the, um, you're down in Adelaide and of course South Australia is you know, far ahead of everybody else in um, wind and solar. It's got the highest penetration of rooftop solar, it's probably going to account for all of minimum demand sometime in the next 10 years and it's um, going to almost double its capacity over the next few years all these new wind and solar projects. What's the sort of you know, what's the, what's the atmosphere down there like now? You know it was all sort of distorted by that blackout last year. But is the you know people pretty happy with this shift towards renewables and um, and pretty excited about it and and, and trusting in it?
2: Um, I think so. I think um, you know there's some people that are calling it just a political stunt with regards to the hundred megawatt Tesla battery at Jamestown and and some other things that the government have invested in. Um, but I think it people wanted action and the government have done something. So I think that's created a good vibe. There's certainly the market here is strong as it is in other states and a commercial is the growth area and we're seeing lots of commercial projects um, in pipeline or going ahead um, and certainly lots of commercial inquiry as well. Um, but as I said, the, the residential market is underpinning it at the moment and that's extremely strong and um,
0: we're flat out. And that's, and that's a big change, right? Because SA was in the doldrums for a while there, Glenn. And, yeah. And uh, is that, has that all just come off the back of the blackout where it sort of brought energy to the front of people's minds? Is that, is that, is that the only thing that's changed? I wouldn't say it's uh, totally off the, the back of the blackouts,
2: um, something to do with everyone getting a uh, bill every quarter and, and seeing uh-huh. those rises is certainly pushed it along. Um, right. I'm not sure what people pay in other states, but here we have a single tariff um, for residential power, and that's currently at just over 40 cents per kilowatt hour flat rate. Wow. So uh, <laughs> there you every, go. every quarter I think there's a reminder to people that if they haven't done something already <laughs> with solar, they need to.
1: Because 40 cents a kilowatt hour, that's just absolutely plainly ridiculous. And look, the eastern state's not very far behind that. And um, and many people who are low um, users of um, household energy, like my son, who I might have mentioned before, are getting burnt the same way. I mean, gosh, what's the cost of solar then? I mean, with day panels, have you worked out what the LCOE is? I mean, you know, you put in store panels over 10 years, what are you effectively paying for it? Say 10 cents a kilowatt hour or less?
2: Um, I haven't got those numbers in front of me, but simply. But in in sort of payback numbers, uh, most residential systems, you're getting that, uh, you know, three to four year payback. So, you know, 33 to, or 25 to 33% return on your money. And with commercial, um, we're potentially even getting stronger than that um, based on higher self-use. So, you know, we design, obviously, commercial systems around getting a a high self-use component and minimal export and so they're getting very quick returns on, on the investments there. And that's with Tinday, so you, yeah, you could do that with a Chinese panel and get even quicker returns, but we say, why would you compromise um, quality to, to get a 5 or 10% better return when you can go quality and, and get those sorts of returns?
1: Yeah, good on you. Hey, look, it's been a great conversation, Nigel. Have you got any pressing questions to um, to wrap up with?
0: No, look, I I, I think it's great um, to hear the story, and I want to wish Glenn the and, and the rest of the team down there the best of the luck. I think it's a it's a real good news story that we've got a factory in Australia. A lot of people don't actually know that, and and so you know, good on you, mate. I hope it goes continues to grow and go from strength to strength to strength. Thank you, I appreciate it, yeah, Glen. Um, just to
1: yeah, just, just to clarify one thing there, um, you were talking about expanding a manufacturing facility. I mean, is mm. that right and when might you make that decision?
2: Yeah, we, we've already got um, architects' drawings and plans drawn up to extend uh, the plant by about another 400 square metres of floor space. Um, so we're actually reviewing that now. And I, I would suspect all going as we're planning and expect that um, we might be pushing the button on that first half next year. Um, and some of that will hinge oh, on our discussions you. around uh, these batteries and, and manufacturing batteries in Adelaide as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're certainly running out of space and it's tight at the moment and we've um, you know, we've got some off-site warehousing and storage that we have to uh, can, uh, you know, move Who's our ba- modules Who's to. manufacturer. I can't, uh, can't tell you, though, every secret from Tindo at the moment. <laughs> but what I will look, say... Look,
1: you, look, look, the listeners here have got their lips sealed. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> what, what I will say, well, you
2: started off earlier talking about, you mentioned about a, a supply shortage, module and silicon. Um, mm-hmm. I can let everybody know that there is no supply shortage from Tindo uh we've got plenty in stock uh no shortage of <laughs> silicon no shortage of modules
0: <laughs> buy australian and get your solar yeah 100%. <laughs> great stuff
1: look thanks very much glenn
0: yeah thanks glenn and and giles maybe to wrap up a couple of i've got a couple of interesting tidbits on ev life for you would you like to hear about a couple of things that have been going on Oh,
1: I would love to, but only if Glenn puts his microphone back on mute again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so a couple of really interesting things have happened. Um, firstly, uh, in Western Australia last week, there was an attempt at an EV charging world record, would you believe? 40 EVs all charging at once they had uh, the guinness book of records there to validate the results we're still waiting on the confirmation of that Um, but interestingly uh, we were involved in helping to monitor that and saw more than half a megawatt of charging uh, going into uh, something around 40 EVs all at once. So fingers crossed for those guys that they might actually grab the world record while it's available. That's uh, a cracking story. It's a cracking story. I can't wait to see it. It's a charging um, at, story. <laughs> it's a charging story. At the same time, the National uh, Australian Electric Vehicles Owners Association annual conference was held in Tasmania. I'm still waiting for updates on that from some of the great folks who, who battled their way across the countryside, desperately trying to charge their EVs along the way, um, I, I followed one of, uh, one of my friends who, who you know told the most amazing stories about where he was managing to charge up and the lengths that he had to go to. Um, so looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, on, a, on a similar note, slightly more successful, um, a smaller version of that story is I got out on my electric bike last week and was, went to visit some customers, uh, managed to do a 400k round trip um, up the coast, visiting customers up uh, on the way up and then on the way back did that with uh, one charge stop uh, stop in between which was uh, which was lovely Um, so it was kind of highlighted for me that you know this is getting real. in this case I actually used a Tesla destination charger which I've now got an adapter for which is lovely Uh, so you know I'm now planning another trip um, which is double the distance uh, for early next year to go and visit some more guys God, I can imagine, a
1: Tesla, a Tesla charge with your Zero
0: bike, I mean, your bike would be flying up in the air like a helium balloon, wouldn't it? <laughs> it charges quite nicely, it charges quite nicely. Uh, the other thing that um, was a historic moment for us here, actually, is we actually installed uh, the very first of our prototype load control switching devices uh, on my home. Um, so we're going into a pilot phase on a load control device that allows us not only to monitor and analyse what's going on, but now to start doing diving into the home and actually controlling appliances. So we sat around like a bunch of uh, school-aged nerds, uh, clicking things on and off in my home, um, and, and being able to do that from anywhere in the world, and, and this is this is sort of Internet of Things, and you know, smart home control stuff is um, is just about to really get started uh, uh, at at a, at a new level that we haven't seen before. So that's very exciting. And uh, to close off, Giles, um, I wanted to make an apology because uh, I know my dad listens, and Dad, I'm sorry I haven't got your new solar system on your roof yet.
1: Oh, shame on you. He's been riding too many <laughs> electric motorbikes up and down the coast,
0: that's why. I'm sure he needs Tinday panels, Nigel. Ah, there's a, there's a clue. <laughs> <laughs> You can't keep people muted for very long, that's for sure. <laughs> Good
1: on you. Look um, thanks again, again Thanks Nigel and thank you listeners for tuning in once again. Once um, you can leave a review or well, send us your feedback, leave a review on iTunes that helps us get listened to by more people. Spread the word. Thanks to our sponsor Solar Analytics and thanks to you and we'll talk again very soon. Bye-bye.
0: Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. By navigating the changing energy landscape, Solar Analytics helps increase solar performance and saves money. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.